Before we start today's show, I want to remind all the dirt balls to drop us an iTunes review. If you guys leave your Twitter or Instagram handle in the review, you will be sent two koozies, not one, but two koozies from me in courtesy of the Dirty Sports Podcast. So leave us a review. If you have an old one, update it, and I'll send you those koozies in the mail. Leave that Instagram or Twitter handle, and I will reach out to you, get your address, and get those over to you as soon as possible. All right, guys, let's start the show. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Joseph. A warm Monday morning here in Southern California. I just looked. It is currently 81 degrees in Venice Beach. There's a certain time of the year where I can I can guesstimate, given just what yesterday was, what the time of year is, what it's going to be like. Yesterday morning, I went out in pretty standard beachside morning garb, shorts, hoodie, had a little... Had a little scully cap on. It was scalding. I shouldn't have had a hat. I shouldn't have had a hoodie. I shouldn't have had a shirt. It's, it's crazy out there. See, I looked before my run. I like to do you know a run before Sunday morning football games start out here at 10 a.m. I knew because I went shirtless. I was like, yeah, I do. I do a pregame warm up. I do like a walkthrough where I go to my coffee shop and back. A walkthrough, one block, just to test it, and then I can I can assess the situation. I came back sweating. Yeah, I bet. Uh, real quick before we get to today's show, a lot to talk about as usual Monday morning. We had our YouTube live stream of the Media Pizza Bowl was cut sh- very short to 15 minutes last night. So then we took the stream to Periscope. If you have any desire to watch that, it's all on Twitter on Periscope. Our apologies. Um, we hope that today's broadcast works. Yeah. YouTube really let us down yesterday. I was, I was like, very disappointed. Like, I'll be honest, it affected me. I kind of hit it. I was, it wasn't anger. I was very bummed. I was all excited. I had everything ready to go. And, uh, and the best part of what, you know, a best part of us calling live games, the sort of quote unquote rabbles that we do a, a shout out to the old broadcast that we used to do when we worked for rabble.tv um, is way more interaction with the fans. Yes. Than, uh, then, you know, the live broadcast that we do for the podcast and way easier to track those comments on YouTube than on Periscope. I know a couple of people were talking about Twitch, Facebook live, Instagram, live, all that stuff. But, uh, We've, we've become comfortable with the YouTube Live. It's really sad that it let us down. And now I leave town for two weeks on Wednesday. And, you know, when, when I get back, it'll be l- late stages of uh, the NFL season. 
Uh, basketball will really start kicking up into the unofficial start there for Christmas. We'll definitely have to go live again. So I recommend right now um, go subscribe to us on YouTube so that you can get alerts when we go live for special events. Yeah. And for the podcast, if you like that sort of thing. And who knows? Maybe I'll just go rogue. Or maybe me and Mr. Tug Coker. He is disgust. He's all about it. He's kind of been drilling out of my head. You guys need to go live more. And uh, I, I, think, I, I think Tiger is playing a part of three tournament in a couple of weeks. Tug wants to. Shots fired. <laughs> but I do agree that um, I do love YouTube live because it's easy to see the comments, especially like you said, when we're broadcasting games, we had Aaron here. Aaron is not here today because he's a he has some school stuff, but it's a lot easier on YouTube. And, and things get loose. Things get weird. Things get fun. And the truth is, guys, we're really, like, for me, as trying to, the guy trying to push all this stuff, YouTube is very important for the show. It's extremely important. I can't reinforce that enough. Like, last night, people were talking about Twitch and other things. And we might go there when it's necessary, but it's very important for us to grow our YouTube channel. So, if you have a Gmail account, just subscribe. Do you need a Gmail account to subscribe on YouTube? I don't know. You probably do because they're all owned by Google, right? Right. But, Joe, we have a lot to talk about today. Yes. NFL, of course. I, I, you know, I just want to get into it. We, we called the Medium Pizza Bowl, and for anybody, again, who watched on Periscope, last night was the epitome of a Medium Pizza Bowl between Mitchell Trubisky and Jared Goff. We were talking the whole broadcast about w would anybody finish with a quarterback rating in the 80s did Goff end up cracking it or did he end up in the high 70s let me pull it up I don't think he did though either way I think we can all agree as we watched the game it, it was truly a medium pizza bowl yeah like offenses were suspect at best yes um both guys missing throws all game Goff was like Goff had completed six passes like late in the third quarter. Yeah, it was wild. Um, obviously had a nice drive down the stretch at the end of the game to to seal the deal. Um, Trubisky played terribly and got hurt slash benched. So this is the quarterback rating. Yeah, we thought could either get to 80. Not even close. Trubisky was 65.1 and Jared Goff was 69.9. I mean, that's bad quarterback play. Bad at this level. At, at this at this time, like we were talking about it on the broadcast yesterday, there was a time 85 was pretty good. 90, your quarterback played a good game. 95, your quarterback played a great game. 100, your quarterback played an exceptional game. Now, everything has shifted upward. And that's why quarterback rating, as I've always said, suspect as fuck. But well, well, as a baseline. Well, well hold on. We're t are we talking about two different things? There's QBR and then there's rating. Rating. QBR, what's the better one? I mean, QBR is a better is a is a better judge, but it's not on the same scale as you would think. It's not it's not zero to one fifty eight point three. And that's what the that's what the RTG is. Rating is no, that's rating. That's 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 quarterback rating. That's you're you're reading the right thing. That's our okay. quarterback rating for the game. The QBR is the one fifty eight point three. No, no, that's total QBR. Gotcha. Okay. Because I always get confused by that. Yeah. But, yeah, it was... It was QBR, th that's the thing. QBR, total quarterback rating is a much better uh, system, but people just don't have it set to memory. Like, there's no 
It, it has been around long enough. People go, oh, you know, this is a good number. We're now basically in, in the NFL in no. rating. A hundred's a good number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Right now, that system, the leaders are Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford. Now, the other system, which you were saying is better. It goes Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. But yeah, I, I see QBR is definitely better. Yeah, but it was it was a it was a. I de- mean, QBR was created solely because rating is a flawed system. Well, but it does rating is still fine as long as you don't again as long as you don't use it in a vacuum and don't put any context to it. Otherwise, Chad Pennington's better than Joe Montana. You well, know what I mean? Well, regardless, both quarterbacks. Neither, One just, thing's for sure. No quarterback in history has ever played a good game and ha- finished it with a quarterback rating in the 60s or the 70s. And another thing is for sure. I, I'm i going to just go out here. Neither of those teams make the playoffs. It, I mean, I, would, I don't think the Bears make the playoffs for sure. I think the Rams are a good enough team to make the playoffs, but they're just in a division with two teams that are better, that are still ahead of them. And they have to go on a massive run. Yeah, they have to go on a massive run. But not just run. that. They're two wins behind both the Seahawks and the Vikings. Which, yeah, it, precisely. Which, uh, do I hate their chances of catching a Vikings team? No. But they also have to play the Seahawks. I think they play the Seahawks and the Rams again still. They do. Once each. They do. Getting this uh, protein shake stuck in my mustache. Yeah. This is like a mustache problem. This is yeah. new for me. Yeah. I've had it where I'm drinking like you know a proper liquid, and and just seconds later it drips off my mustache. I'm like, what was that? Yeah, I mean, I, that I, mustache. Light. I'm trying to resist a, a a dirty joke here. Okay, I'm gonna resist it. Okay, it's, it's Monday morning. We're gonna start off. Be strong. W- resist with, with a cl- with a clean a clean show, Joe Prano. Okay, my my godson was watching. I got video footage this morning of my godson watching the whole 15 minutes that we were on YouTube last night. Your godson is what relation to you? Uh, he is Greg's and, and my mother Greg and my sister-in-law Kelly's son. So your nephew. So my nephew. And uh, they're pretty convinced that he also said Prano. Nice. When they're pointing to it. Is he? Is he? He's like two and a half. Okay. I'm I'm honored. Yeah. Because he was saying Uncle Andy, but they're pretty convinced he was also saying Prano. And then my brother was pointing and showing us. Love it. I was like, dude, you know, we'll start him young, the yeah, dirt balls. For sure. We'll start him at two and a half. Love it. While he's still young, you know, he's got he's got that he's got that income from his parents to spend on koozies and merch and <laughs> use promo codes. I wasn't looking at it from that way, but no, I like it's that. all it's all about it's all about what is their actual monetary value to us. Yeah, it's a good point. That's why that like post college, that twenty one, twenty two, like unless you're one of those guys who's an engineer or something like that, you went straight into a job. You almost have no value to me. Wow, shot, that's kind of a shots fired at the dirt balls. I'm saying. Speaking of promo codes, Joe. Yeah. It's a good segue. I will be using our promo code from SeatGeek. SeatGeek. Next week, Monday night. SeatGeek, ni- next week. Monday night football. This is going to be a big one. Lamar Jackson comes to L.A. I want to see him live. Lamar Jackson at Rams. At Rams. Monday night football against the Ravens. I'm pretty stoked. You and Coker. Hopefully, Ruther, Coker, hopefully Coker, Coker can Ruther. do it. 
night before my birthday, a little 38th birthday present to myself. Hop on that train, head down to the Coliseum with Hug, and we will get those tickets. Hop on that L train, that Lamar train. That's right. I looked on SeatGeek. Tickets are going pretty cheap because I don't think there's a massive Ravens fan base out here because Baltimore's not like a huge city. Yeah. So I looked. I saw tickets on SeatGeek as low as $55. Wow. Ravens, Rams. Dirtballs, you too can take advantage of SeatGeek, and SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY. It's D-I-R-T-Y for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And uh, I will send you some koozies if you use promo code DIRTY. A few Dirtballs have sent me screenshots of using that, and they will have koozies in the mail. Uh, let's talk Lamar, Joe. It's yeah. a good little segue here. Is he now the front runner for the MVP? I know this changes every week, and certain people yeah. like my boy Russell Wilson didn't play this week, but he threw four more touchdowns. I believe he is. I believe he is the front runner. And um, look, the, what's going on with the Ravens right now is 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 very layered. Uh, everybody is saying Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and that's great. And I'm saying right now that he is the front runner for the MVP based on a combination of what he is doing personally and what the team is doing, which I think we all know, especially in football, is way more important than in other sports. Um, but you also have a, a defense that has turned it up lately. I mean, they're playing yeah. exceptional. They really and have. It's, it's a combination of things in terms of the way the Ravens run the ball, obviously with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. It's a, it's a multi-headed running attack. You couple that with a good defense. We talked about this on the uh, live broadcast last night. All of the great teams right now in the NFL have strong running games. Play action is the cheat code to pass in today's NFL. It's it's very rare anymore that we see uh, a guy drop back 50 times in a game and just throw the ball and not run it at all, hence what Jameis Winston did yesterday and threw four picks. Like, you have to have it. You have to have a strong running game, and they do, and they're coupling that with the defense that's getting a lot of rest while they run the ball, and those things work hand-in-hand. Hand. That's, that's why... When people start debating quarterbacks, which we do on this show a lot, and you just drop statistics, you have to remember that on running plays, on passing plays, on draw plays, on screen plays, the quarterback is handling the ball on yeah. every play. They are the field general. They are responsible for the pace of the game. They are responsible for the attack. They are responsible for everything. Um, obviously the best ones also potentially calling plays at yeah. times. And these two portions of the Ravens peaking together, kicking the shit out of teams week in and week out is it's all one thing. Yeah. When, when your defense is rested, they go out there and they, they can go harder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's important for people to remember. And, and, and I'm not going to disagree, you know, the way he's playing right now. It's tough not to call him the front runner. I think right now it's it's between him and Russell Wilson. However, I'm also not ruling Mah Mahomes missed two games, which hurts him. Yeah, 
His numbers are there. If Mahomes doesn't miss those games, yeah, he's right in the mix. You you never know. There's still six full games left, and uh, a lot can happen. But the that team, like you said, is just arguably playing better than anybody right now. Oh, it's is is it arguable? Yeah, They're murdering teams week in and week out. You know, the 49ers were undefeated until last week. They come back this week. They play a tough game against Arizona. It takes them everything to win. And look, it's the NFL, especially against division opponents. You're going to have tough games. We, we we both thought that game would be close. But the bottom line is the Ravens are Pissing and shitting on teams and every, good teams every week and good every te- week and good teams. The Patriots, the you know Texans, the, the Texans. Every week, they're they're beating up on somebody. Yeah. And last week, you know they've got the Bengals. That's a division game. Oh, trap game. They're like trap game. We're gonna score fifty points on. Them. Yeah. Exactly. I still am. I I, th- I do think this this week's gonna be tough though. Even in, in in L.A. Yeah. The Rams do have a very good defense. The Rams are not giving up points defensively. Look, I have questioned the long-term ability of this Ravens offense to continue to do this, and I still question it because, like I said last episode, show me the person that has survived it. Show me in the history of the league. Show me the guys that play this style and last, you you know, people always point to, oh, this works in college. It works in college for a couple of reasons. One, players aren't as big, as fast, as strong. That's, that's the one thing people always say. You can't run this in the NFL. Yeah. Guys are too fast. Two, you're doing it for two years. You're doing it for three years. How, how often are you seeing a guy who's playing four years of college ball and running – the the ball you know twenty times a game as a quarterback and surviving yeah it's happened but let's just put a, a big butt there we talk about the rookie quarterback deal and Lamar Jackson is currently on a rookie quarterback a hundred percent so this does work and this is great for a few years so again they do have great potential this year next year maybe a few years to win the Super Bowl so all for it but I still agree with Joe long term. I don't think he can continue to play this way. Now, we're, again, projecting. Yeah. But who gives a shit? Right. Like, like if I'm the Ravens, keep doing what you're doing. You're killing teams. Absolutely. So And the defense is playing inspired. Yeah. Like, it, it, it has changed the culture Guys in like, Baltimore. I'll say this about Lamar. You can see it on the team. Guys like playing with him. And I really like that press conference with Mark Ingram and he brings him out and he introduces him as the next MVP. You can just see guys like playing with Lamar Jackson. And yeah. I'll and I'll give that to him. But again, Joe and I are projecting long term, not to make this, you know, a negative thing, but that's just what we're saying. I do want to bring up and But I also he's completely changed my opinion of this team this year. Like I can project long term one thing and also I can say that I was wrong. This guy's taking it to a whole other level that we didn't see last year. The, the way that they are running the ball as a team, again, not just him opening up that cheat code and play action. He's throwing the ball. He's still not accurate, but it, like you, you can give a little bit of that accuracy up for what he's giving you in the running game. Yeah, I agree. I just looked. He's, ten, he's still 10th. He's 10th in all of the NFL in rushing yards. So um, 
he's for sure going to rush for 1,000 yards. I do got to bring up, and I know we discussed it last night on the broadcast, just that awful call, the awful refusal to reverse that pass interference. Now, obviously, the Texans got killed, but that was early in the game. Yeah, and and honestly, I saw uh, DeAndre Hopkins tweet about it because he called out the refs. And people are underneath. You guys still lost by 40. It's like, sorry. It was 0-0 zero, zero at that point. It's just not how football games work. Yeah. Football game, that that's like one touchdown early in the game. Changes everything. Can, uh, can totally be the difference between a close game and a 40-point loss. They call, They reverse that call. The ball's put on the one-yard line. The Texans score. Like, like, I'm just saying, I agree with Joe. And the these calls are so egregious and if you watch that game both New York and Gene Steratore and the announcer Dan Fouts everyone is kind of losing their mind saying how are they not reversing this I just I don't understand we we see it week in and week out Tony Dungy last week was calling for the change of this new rule what is the NFL gonna do how are they not how are they just you know what the NFL is doing? But, but look at this, this. Like, Let's not pretend that this isn't a historical problem with the NFL to let things go on for years and years and years. That embarrasses them. That makes them look incompetent. That does, And they just keep, I mean, you know how, what? how long were we talking about CTE before they were like, hey, we're going to do something about it? How long are we talking about, you know, I mean, look, I mean, even we're going to get to talking about Kaepernick. Even this Kaepernick situation, like, yeah. We're, f- we're four years into him, and you're like, hey, we should have a workout. Yeah. You know what the NFL is? They they are how our country and our state of California and our city, whatever, is treating the homeless problem. They're just ignoring it. Like, And then they'll do some small remedy that does nothing. Like, That's how they're treating it. I always say, you can't just ignore. Like, I walk out on my street, and I see homeless people everywhere. I literally go to any city now. I see homeless people everywhere. It's a problem in our country, right? I put on a football game, Joe. I see awful calls. Missed, not reversed every but, week. But, and, you know. And they're just ignoring but it. But, again, it's it's not even how they ignore it. It's how they handle things. They try to fix them, and then they ignore that their stupid, stupid solution didn't work in the first place. It would be like if saying – the you know the U.S. government is handling the homeless problem by murdering homeless people, and people are like, "Wait, what? No!" And they're like, "Sorry, we already started. That's the new rule. We're murdering homeless people." It's actually not a bad plan. Like it, it but it is ridiculous that again it, the short sightedness of the NFL to institute this rule for, like I said, a once in a century missed call, and now you're just every week trotting out a guy who makes a bad call. Goes under the hood, comes back, and says, "No, my right call stands." It, you're as a human being, you should be embarrassed for yourself on a person by person level. So this we brings- should start a Twitter account that says, "When a guy has a blatant miscall, goes under, comes back, we should be, we should have a Twitter account that says, this is this guy's name, this is this guy's phone number, call him and tell him he's a fucking douche.'" Doxing. We should have a we should have an official doxing program. Well, it goes back to a point I'm going to bring up on a lot of instances tonight with or today I should say with maybe how the Bucks are treating 
Jameis Winston or the Colin Kaepernick situation. And I harped on this last night. It goes back to ego. People just don't want to admit when they're wrong. I don't even think the ref thing is like on a, I don't want to admit. I think that they're, again, much like the James. I'm actually, I, I sort of almost disagree with you a little bit in, in each of these situations. Okay. I, as, as opposed to somebody admitting they're wrong, I think in each one of these situations that you just mentioned, there is a conspiracy that this is a way we are going to handle it. I think that the NFL referees union have said to each other, they embarrassed us. You, you missed a call, so now we're, we're going to let coaches review every single call? Yeah. No. Let's teach them a lesson. Don't you dare throw that flag. Right? Wrong? I know I'm wrong. I don't care. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm going to punish you for thinking you could dare but Joe, question my call. The NFL refs also still work for the NFL. Right. So the NFL could – like. They still do have the jurisdiction to step in, take for and, example, and, and and say what exactly, and say guys, this was clearly a pass interference call. You guys got to clean your act up. We can't be having this crap every week. And they're like, we told you you should never made pass interference challengeable in the first place. It's a judgment call on the field. We have to make the call in the situation we think is right. We're doing that. You don't like it. Make it not reviewable again, which is, in essence, what the referees want, right? But what I've always said about reviews, once you open Pandora's box, there's no closing it. So the NFL handled the once-in-a-century missed call the wrong way. The refs are handling the changing of that rule in a horrifically wrong way. And really, the only thing to do about it now is on a person-by-person basis say, hey, fucking Ed Hockley, hey, this guy, hey, Ed Hockley Jr., hey, whoever the fuck you are, you are being a piece of trash because you made a call wrong and you are not doing anything about it. We should dox them. I'm not necessarily saying doing it like this. Like, I think there should be a website for it. I'm not joking. I think it should be like the Watchmen. I think people should be going out with masks, attacking <laughs> referees who, because you're ruining the legitimacy of the game. Well, you are. You're ruining Entirely. the sport. And, and again, we harped on this last episode. It's not just the legitimacy. We're talking about a billion-dollar industry where there's a lot of money exchanging hands, jobs on the line. This is this ga- is gambling. This is the NFL referee equivalent of what the Astros did. Yeah. You're using technology to cheat one team over the other. Yeah, that's a good point. They, and, and and the defensive back or the receiver who is screwed in this call, like DeAndre Hopkins ain't losing his job over this. But some nickelback yeah. who gets called for pass interference when he didn't interfere somebody might be off a team next year. Sure. It, because at the end of the season, you can review every single play, but – you're only as good as what your numbers are. Yeah. So it's like, hey, so and so, you you know, you're responsible for eight penalties this year. Well, we we got to move on. We have a lot of NFL obviously to discuss. We haven't even brought up Thursday's fiasco. Yeah. With the Browns and the Steelers and Miles Garrett, Whack-a-mole. and Mason Rudolph. I thought I brought up a very good point last night. I said this. Richie Incognito threatened to chop off his dad's head at a funeral home, then was also arrested for some sort of assault at his grandmother's home. He was going berserk there, and he was threatening to fight her, ripping shit off the wall. He only got two games. 
And I pose this question. What is worse, what Miles Garrett did swinging a helmet on the field? Granted, it, it was basically a weapon. But in the heat of the moment on the field or Richie Incognito doing all those things? Well, I think it's... I think it's, there's two parts to that that are why the NFL is going to come down way harder on Miles Garrett. One, as we've seen over the course of NFLs, because we all saw it. We all saw it. Exactly. Ray Rice, Kareem Hunt. Exactly. What if the NFL can pretend it didn't happen? They do every single time. Every single time. That's why people freak out when anybody does any sort of minimal research and go, this guy beat the shit out of his girlfriend. Here's a bunch of pictures of her bruised up. He threw on a bed full of guns. He said he was going to shoot her to death. Like Greg Hardy. Yeah, he's back in the league. And and Jerry Jones didn't think twice about it because he goes, most people don't know about it. Yeah. So when there's video of it, that's one. The other thing is the NFL is policing their own situation. The NFL loves to say, "Hey, we'll let the police do their jobs if a you know if a crime's been committed," and they've been called out on that numerous times now, especially when it comes to domestic violence, because a lot of these women are in a relationship, married to, engaged to somebody who is a millionaire athlete, and you know through uh, reasons that many therapists will go write books and books on why they don't leave. I mean, Ray Rice is still married to that chick. Yeah, she didn't press charges. Yeah. We have video of her getting knocked out cold in an elevator. Yeah. Like. Sad. So the idea of, well, no charges were pressed. The NFL has, since that incident, started to look at things and go, oh, maybe if charges aren't pressed, like that doesn't mean we can't blah, 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 blah. Which goes back to, again to our, uh, another one of our topics here. I mean, we've got a guy on the internet who we are now in a full-on beef with who's saying, well, Jameis Winston was never charged with anything. It's like. Dude, he was he was he's assault sexually assaulting girls at Tallahassee. Spoiler, Florida State football fan football players get away with a lot in Tallahassee. Yeah. This is like if your basis is he was never charged, you're a fucking clown. Yeah. So th- that's why it on multiple levels going to be handled way more severely by the NFL. Also, Miles Garrett's a piece of shit for doing that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Look, I'm not justifying what Miles Garrett did at all. I also think we do need to look at the full situation. He was provoked. I I still don't understand this provoked thing. I mean, have I've you watched, watched the video? Yeah, I've watched it multiple times, but I haven't. I haven't like I I've watched it in full speed. I've watched it in slow motion. Miles Garrett takes down Mason Rudolph. He's already on the ground, and he's he's. You know, he's hitting him like he's still hitting a sled while he's already down. And then my, and then Mason Rudolph in trying to escape. Like, this is your older brother is beating you up. You're going to kick him in the nuts to get him off you. Like, the idea that, like, my, my mom comes home and I'm beat to shit. And I'm like, you know, John came into my room, cornered me, and attacked me. And John goes, during the melee, he kicked me in the nuts. It's like, that's... That's a horrific defense. I don't know. The dude starts like I'm not. I am not a Steelers fan. I am not a fucking Browns fan. I I I actually liked Miles Garrett before this. I have no no issue with Mason Rudolph. Like n- none of this matters to me. The idea that you're going to be a quarterback, the game's over. A guy said you now has he said something plays and plays and plays before? 
Okay, maybe that's a whole other situation. We're not hearing that. The the idea that Mason Rudolph is going to get pile drive and then continue to get hit like at that point the, the there are no rules. Now I'm just defending my life because this is after the whistle, this is after the play. Some guy has lost his mind. I I, if, I think we we disagree there. I I don't think he I don't think it was as egregious as you say him on top of him. It was after the play. He was down. What like what was he still doing? I think that happens. You're a lot. like Miles Garris is essentially a rapist. Going like, look, she also scratched me. I'm, but I'm not. I'm not justifying what Miles Garrett did with his helmet and trying to, you know, basically kill him. God knows if he hits him in a different angle or a different part of the helmet, what happens? I just think this is a totally different story if Miles Garrett does what he does and gets Mason Rudolph's helmet off. And Mason Rudolph then uses his helmet to beat Miles Garrett away from him. Why is this Mason is, Rudolph wearing helmets at this point? Yeah. Can, can we can we talk about that? Mason Rudolph's helmet. He I mean, Mason Rudolph at this point has lost his face mask, his full helmet. He almost lost his life. Not only that, I, I posted a video earlier in that game where Juju goes down. They both got drilled on the same play. I don't think football is safe for Mason Rudolph at this point. No. Like, you shouldn't play, bro. You're going to be the first guy who dies. Yeah, I mean, people are trying to kill you. On the field. In, in, in two games a season, you had an injury so bad, your face mask had to be removed. You went full gazoo. And, Never go full gazoo. And, and somebody tried to whack-a-mole you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just think, <laughs> like, the idea that people are, you know, uh, un, again, the internet is a wild place, that, that people are under arguing, look what he did. It's like, I just think that's so dumb. Yeah, I, again, I'm not justifying. I, I just want to continue and, to and harp on that. And people saying, like, how is Mason Rudolph not suspended? Like, I didn't see anything that thinks he got says fined. to me that he should be suspended. He got fined. Right. But I, but I want to bring up the bigger picture, which I've said all year. The lack of control. This all comes back to the head coach. The oh, lack of oh, from the Browns. The for lack sure. of control that Freddie Kitchens has had in, guys, in a win. You know, guys, they are the most penalized team in the NFL. These are all discipline issues. I'll go back even to last year. I wanted them to hire Greg Williams. Greg Williams is a lunatic. I don't think this shit happens under Greg Williams. Granted, he was the guy behind Bounty Gate. Yeah, I was gonna say. But I think I think he's more of a veteran coach. Right. He's well, sure. Older. I mean, he he's absolutely more of a veteran coach because he had like there was no experience whatsoever for Freddie Kitchens. So, but the the thing that you know the reason that you bring this up and I agree with you is because it's 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 how you handle everything as a team. Yeah. the The Browns are on the on the verge there. It's the game's essentially over. They beat the Bills last week. They come back. They beat a division rival in the Steelers this week. They legitimately, people are talking about, during the end of that game, this could be the turnaround point for the Brown season. Yeah, to make, a, make a you playoff You can't run. even make it through the game you saved your season in yeah. without literally pissing your season away because your team is so poorly coached and there's so little discipline. There's no way they bounce back from this. No. No way. I agree. I was like, okay, if the Browns turn the corner, they're four and six. They got an easy schedule. It's or, but it's but four and six, it's already a tough haul. Oh, for sure. They probably would have had to finish. Now they gotta talk about this every fucking game. Yeah. 
It's a mess. Oh, you think this would have been different with Garrett out there? You think it was like, yeah, it's just. Garrett's a game-changing player. I mean, we're talking about the number one overall pick. He's that good. That's such a mess. Yeah. I mean, like, people didn't even know this was happening. This was the second to last play of the game. I was looking at my computer, and all of a sudden I hear Joe Buck going nuts. I look up at my TV. It's absolutely wild. I mean, Troy Aikman called it one of the worst things he's ever seen on a football field. Yeah. Which I agree with because how does it get there? And he watched Michael Irvin do lots of blow on the field. It's just it's just so, like, and then even Garrett being like, I lost my, it's like, dude, you tried to murder somebody. Like, you legitimately, like, what do you think, what, in, in, in what part of your brain is that anything but I'm trying to severely injure this person? Yeah. I mean, I know it's it's maybe apples to oranges, but if you went on the street and swung a helmet like that at somebody, you are being arrested for assault. A hundred percent. With a deadly weapon. Yeah. And again, I know it might be apples to oranges because we're t- discussing a different scenario, but like... I don't know. And and the thing is, a lot of people are defending Miles Garrett saying, "Oh, he's a good guy. He's a good guy." With that being said, guys, who cares? This was his third incident this year where he's gotten uh, you know, basically unnecessary roughness or a, a violent incident on the field. And again, I dude, I I don't know. I I don't play football. I don't know what it's like in the heat of the moment in the past. And, I, and I'm sure there's so I can't imagine the testosterone that is going through your body. But still, it just seems like in a game that was over like that. Like I just don't know. Like where's the beef, man? Do your sack dance. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens though. Right. It's all on him. And and like look. If you're Miles Garrett and something was said or something was you were provoked in some way, you absolutely should have said that because just going like I lost my cool. It just makes you look that much fucking worse. Yeah. I want to talk. uh, We'll talk a little Eagles real quick. Okay. I read a good article in the ringer and I, you know, I like it. I want to bring up this article because I think it's true. And it's about Carson Wentz. Basically, it gives me a little empathy in a way for Carson Wentz because of he has such a high bar now because of Nick Foles. Does this make sense? Nick Foles not only led them to a Super Bowl, takes them three straight wins last year just to get to the playoffs. They win another playoff game on the road. Like Nick Foles is all the way up here. Carson Wentz has never won a single playoff game. And now everything is on him. It's almost as if the bar was set too high because Nick Foles won that elusive title that the city of Philadelphia had never had. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And and honestly, I think the biggest thing as I watch Nick Foles, or sorry, as I watch Carson Wentz and the Eagles team, is I was really a big Carson Wentz fan coming out of college. I was a big Carson Wentz fan his first couple years in the league. And that's, for me, uh, an Eagles 
hater. I was just like, man, this guy has a lot of the qualities that you like to see in your franchise quarterback. And he progressed in a way that just seemed so natural. And it's like, wow, this guy's doing, this guy's playing, you know, pretty good right in the, right out of the gate. This guy's playing better. This guy's playing an MVP caliber. And now I just think he comes back with uh, post-Super Bowl even, even starting as early as last year. And he just seems to me to be pressing so hard. And it's like, dude, you were already on this trajectory of being one of the NFL's best quarterbacks. And now it just seems like he's pressing so hard. It's, you know, a, a lot of the throws, I'm going like, why? Like, why are you trying to make that throw? Yeah, and let's not forget that Eagles team was decimated by injuries as well. That won the Super Bowl. This team, yes, is currently decimated by injuries, and that's part of the NFL. Exactly. So like, but sorry. Exactly. I, I think we need to stop using that excuse. Injuries happen year in and year out. Go look back on that. What was it? That 2010 Packers team that won the Super Bowl. So many injuries. It didn't matter. Carson went stat line yesterday, Preno. 20 of 40 for 214 yards. Yeah. That's just not going to get it done at home. And and honestly, a lot of the plays that I see from Carson Wentz, it's like you're going to get a chunk 30-yard play when when Ertz Ertz escapes, and then nothing. And it's check down, check down, check down, check down, check down. Or long miss, long miss, long miss. And, like, again, especially, like, Especially as a Giants fan, I'm sick of hearing from Eagles fans like, "Oh, look at our wide receiver core." This is like, what? I mean, the amount of quarterbacks over the years who have done something with a decimated wide receiver core or never given any wide receiver core in the first place is a pretty long list of the greats. Yeah, the problem with Wentz, I agree with what you're saying about these big chunks. I think they punted the ball six straight times yesterday. The Patriots did not play well offensively at all. The Patriots just aren't playing well offensively, right? At all, right? But but yesterday, I mean, they, they when they had to though, when they had to make the plays, this this was the difference between Wentz and Brady yesterday. Brady and that Patriots offense made the plays when they had to. Let's not forget the Patriots were losing ten to nothing. Yeah, and the Eagles didn't, and Carson Wentz didn't, and guys, say what you want. But the truth is, since Wentz came back from that injury, they're not even a 500 team. And this is now his, what, his fourth year? He's not going to play in a playoff game for four straight years. Say what you want. The proof is in the fucking pudding. He's not progressing. He needs to be that guy who's like, yo, I'm putting my team on my back. And he just hasn't been that guy. And, and you know, especially... In a division which I stand by, the Cowboys aren't that good. I, I I truly believe that, and I truly believe that this this division. You know, if the Giants were in a dumpster fire and the Redskins were in a bigger dumpster fire, it's like this division's fully up for grabs. It's still up for grabs. Oh, hundred percent. It's still up for grabs. Well, they're only a game behind. Yeah, the but Cowboys. it's still up for grabs, and they're not taking the games that they should. Now, obviously, beating the Patriots isn't like a gimme game, but the Patriots gave you the game, and you did not take it. Yeah, exactly. It's a problem, man. And all the Carson Wentz defenders. And I love it that it's a problem. Fuck the Eagles. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I think that, I mean, I, I keep 
doubling, tripling down on it. You made the wrong choice. You should have kept Foles. Why, why, I just I just don't get it. Dude, this goes back to my thing. You can't admit, okay, we don't need, like, I drafted. Well, hey, here, here's the bigger thing, though. I drafted Wentz, so I can't here, get rid of him. Here's the bigger thing, though. We we harp on this decision, Foles, Wentz, Foles, Wentz. Turns out the the bigger thing is you kept the wrong guy. You should have kept Reich. That's a good point, too. Well, that's tough, though, because he wasn't in the head coach. Well, and 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 Wentz wasn't the starting quarterback. Like you're talking about, who won the Super Bowl? Oh, should have kept Wentz. Should have kept Foles. He won the Super Bowl. Got to keep, but but you don't have to keep Peterson. But you keep Peterson because he won the Super Bowl. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you're basing it on the success that they had. You didn't keep the starting quarterback who won the Super Bowl, but you had to keep the coach who won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I saw that coming. I'm not saying that anybody should have seen that coming, unless, of course, you work in the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Yeah. Well, let's go for our weekly what the hell is going on at Tampa Bay update. Is it? I mean, it's the same thing that's been going on, right? I repeat. I repeat the thing that led to the thing that led to me Googling it. Why is everyone protecting Jameis Winston? It's so bizarre. Secondary. Now that we've now that we did the the Jason Light deep dive. Now that we went. Now that we Googled who the the GM of the Bucks is. Now that we had our theory. Who cares whether our theory is right or not? Why are there so many people? Defending Jameis Winston and defending Jason Light. Whose fault is this? The Bucks fucking stink. Whose fault is it, Andy Ruther? It's on the GM. I'm saying it's on the GM. I'm saying it's on Winston. I'm saying it's on Arians. And there's a circle jerk going on where none of them will give any sort of criticism to one another because they're all tied together. Yeah, I agree. Jason Light worked with Bruce Arians. Prior to this, brought Bruce Arians in to fix Jameis Winston. Light's success is tied to Winston. Winston's success is tied to Arians. Arians' success is tied to Light. And it's a circle jerk. And no one will call out one another. It makes and no meanwhile, sense. meanwhile, all of them are personally responsible for various degrees. Jason Light has put together a trash team. A bad defense. He has put together a horrific quarterback situation where you had a guy last year who played poorly, who's played poorly for five seasons, and you don't have a backup. And last year you had a backup, and he won games, and he was an MVP candidate four games into the season. And people were talking about, should Ryan Fitzpatrick start the whole year? And he's beating the Saints in week one and blowing them out. And the reason Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't there anymore and no other quarterback is there anymore is because they have set up a situation where only Jameis Winston can play. This quote is wild, and I know some of you might be sick of hearing this, but we know there's something here. You have to. If you don't care about this story, it's crazy because what you're saying you don't care about is like a, a, an actual conspiracy in the NFL to hijack one of the 32 franchises. Yeah, just hijack it. For what purpose? For what purpose? 
once again, Bruce Arians. And who is this coming from? Is this ownership? Is this light? Like, Yeah. Is refusing to give any blame to Jameis. Jameis throws four more picks yesterday. Four! And again, I am not saying all of them are on him. Who cares? But hold on, hold on. Let me finish my point. But I want to say this. Not all interceptions are ever always on the quarterback. That's kind of a known fact. That's why this quote is so wild. After the game, Bruce Arians says on record, because after yesterday, he now has 18 interceptions, which leads the NFL. Bruce Arians goes on record and says, I would say he has 10. Guys dropping balls and giving them to the other team. How many have we seen? I don't count them. What world are you living on? But, Bruce Arians, hold on. Bruce Arians is is playing the if my aunt was my uncle game. The truth is, he does have 18. And again, you would never, ever, ever hear this from Bill Belichick, Harbaugh. I'm, I'm just thinking. You might not you might not hear from Bill Belichick, Tom Brady sucks, but you might hear, we have to protect the ball better. We have to do this. Like the idea that you're gonna come out and say it's not on him. And and once you open this bag of worms, are, should we go back and look up all the passes that should have been intercepted that were dropped? And is that the number we should have? And that's my should point. It be, should he have 25 interceptions on the year, except that all these were dropped? So get rid of the eight that he thinks weren't on him and add all the ones that were terrible passes that somebody didn't come up with. In the end, the majority of these things work themselves out in the wash. I agree. I have been... I have been a vocal opponent of all interceptions are the same. All interceptions are not the same, okay? But we're not talking about the end of the half where he throws the interception, where he's forced, yeah. where, where he's, the, the punt, the, the third and long punt play. Whatever, we don't care about that. Th- those, inter- but, but Jameis has horrific throws in that game. The pick the six. six. The the pick six and the fucking goal line fade. The goal line fade. Horrible. Those are two terrible interceptions. So exactly. A hundred percent on him. So Prano's right. So take away his first two interceptions. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. One was a drop pass and one was the end of the half. So take those away. So it is a wash. So he has two interceptions, which whatever, are not on the quarterback. But then he has two terrible interceptions. One, which cost his team the game seven points. But, but it cost him the game at that point. That was a drive to try to tie, get close. What was it? A 10-point game? It's a 10-point game. 10-point game. Try to get it to three with however many minutes left. Yeah. And he throws a pick six. Ball game over. Yeah. Ball game over. Honestly, if that's the only... Here's the thing. If Jameis Winston throws for 400 yards in that game and only throws that pick, only throws that one pick that's a pick six, and he leads the league in turnovers over the five years he's been in the league. And he leads the league in interceptions this year. And that's the only pick. You go, he has a turnover problem. Keeps us in games, can't win them. In fact, when he's given the ball at the end of the games, loses them. Loses them. And it's a joke. The, the, the idea, and it's, again, we, you know, we talked about before, we're the only people talking about this. You're, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you're a Tampa Bay Bucks reporter, if you're if you cover the NFC South, it's, if you work for ESPN, not gross. to say what is happening here. Why don't they have they have a, Drew Brees has a backup? Like 
fucking like look around the league at the yeah. guys who have competent backups. Oh, that's a great point. You're talking about Drew Brees, top ten all time quarterback. The Saints have put a backup in place. But the Tampa Bay Bucks behind Jameis Winston just said, nah, we don't need a backup. Guys, this thing is wild. Bruce Arians making that that excuse. Jared Goff, they they say they signed Blake Bortles to back up Jared Goff. Yeah. Like Blake Bortles has NFL experience. Yeah. That rationale, which Bruce Arians says, is the is no lie. The exact same rationale you would see on Twitter or from somebody like Jameis one of one. To just you you can't just legitimize all the interceptions and all the turnovers. You just can't legitimize it. And here's the thing. I know people are probably chiming in on YouTube saying, we're sick of hearing about this. I agree that this is sort of ludicrous to talk about Jameis Winston this much, but just think about if this was another quarterback situation. Just think think about what would be happening in Chicago if Nagy was saying this about Trubisky. In Los Angeles, if... If McVeigh was saying this about Goff, if they were saying this about Tom, imagine what people would be saying if Tom Brady led the league in interceptions right now and Bill Belichick was like, half of them aren't on him. I mean, that's why they'd be like, bro, yeah. he's washed. It's over. It's time to move on. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, Im- imagine if this were Baker Mayfield. Imagine if Freddie Kitchens was just saying, like, Baker Mayfield is not responsible for any of this stuff. Baker Mayfield's playing great. We love Baker Mayfield. We believe in Baker Mayfield. Every single problem Baker Mayfield has had is factually incorrect it would be it would be national news yeah it's just because it's Tampa and we're the only ones covering this imagine if Aaron Rodgers were doing this if this if Aaron Rodgers were doing this it would be a 400 page ringer article about the diva that is Aaron Rodgers and how the coaching system is set up to protect him and how he doesn't talk to his family and how he doesn't talk to his brother and and the bachelorette when his brother was on it would be it would be endless it would be a 60 minutes piece yeah and Aaron Rodgers wasn't the first overall pick accused of sexual assault by multiple people and a Heisman trophy winner it's just the fact that this is in Tampa Bay and no one gives a fuck about the bucks but I actually, I like Bruce Arians, or I should say I liked Bruce Arians. I did. Bruce Arians has embarrassed himself I did. at this point. I used to like Bruce Arians a lot. Embarrassed himself. It, I wanted him to be the coach of the New York Giants, and I am so glad that he is not. Th- this whole situation is embarrassing. And, again, the proof is in the numbers. You can throw all these numbers. Oh, well, Peyton Manning had this many turnovers. Guys, but they weren't losing games. They just weren't. In, in Jameis Winston's first five years, he will never have made the playoffs. Also, you're a fucking idiot if you're talking about quarterbacks 20 years ago. 20 years ago. it The NFL is a totally different place. We just talked about it before. Every QB in the league has a 90 rating now. That used to be great. What... What's Joe Montana's passer rating for his career? 94 or something like that? It's not that good. And But the thing is, is it was a different game. That's why you don't judge people like that. You have to judge people on what they do against their peers. And and you know what, Joe? 59% used to be great in completion percentage. It's terrible. It's, it's the worst in the league now. It's a different game. 
If you can't complete 100% of your screen passes, get the fuck out of the league. If you can't complete 100% of your checkdowns, get the fuck out of the league. Now, Jameis leads the league in attempts, but it's not even close. The interceptions. I just pulled it up. If he, By the way, who's second? In uh, what? Interceptions. Baker Mayfield. With? 12th. Who's third? Jameis has 18. Who's third? Sam Darnold has 10. So, Jimmy, so hold on. Jimmy Garoppolo has 10. Philip Rivers has 10. And Jared Goff so has 10. So just, just a quick reminder. If Bruce Arians takes away eight of his interceptions, he's tied for second in the league. Third. No, he's tied for second. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's gone. Yeah, sorry. So it's May, it'd be Mayfield and then Jameis. That's a great argument. So even if he takes away those eight, he's still second in all the NFL. The most interceptions. And probably still first overall in the five years he's been in the league. What a what an odd thing for a coach to say. Well, if you take away these. Because he's brought he was brought in to save Jameis. Your job, save fix Jameis. If you can't fix Jameis, we don't want you. So now he he's not even up on the podium talking about wins and losses. He's talking about Jameis. And fixing Jameis. If this wasn't Tampa Bay, this would be... If this was Dak Prescott, the world would be on fire. It would be, yeah. it would be, the, it would be the California wildfires covering the earth. Yeah. If this was Dak Prescott, the world would be inflamed. Man. It's just a wild scene in Tampa. And again, we're the only ones covering this... 100% conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. This is a truth. Yeah. We're truthers. We're Jameis Winston truthers. Okay, Prano. We got to get to the Colin Kaepernick stuff. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody that support for today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Joe's holding up some of Manscaped. I love this is the lawnmower 2.0, Joe. Yeah. I love I love this little this little leather kit that we got. Yeah. It's big. A lot of the ones we've we've gotten before small. You can't fit everything in it. This you can fit your lawnmower. You can fit your regular razor, your deodorant, all that stuff in there. And like you basically you have to be bringing the lawnmower and all of the bells and whistles, the lotions, the sprays, guys, whatever with you. Everywhere. Guys, this is 2019. Let's just keep it real here. None of these big old bushes. This isn't a 70s porn star. I'm being serious. Men, control yourself. Get it, get it under control, I should say. You know, be with the times. Nobody wants to, nobody, no girl wants to pull down your pants. You can't, listen, you can't Bruce Arians... Your pants being pulled down, and the girl going, "What's happening here?" Be like, "Well, look, it's not all there technically. You know, you can't make excuses. Yeah, you just need to get that shit taken care of and get it taken care of with Manscaped because it will not nick you. We've all had a bad incident. I know I have. I remember a time in college where I was trimming and I couldn't stop bleeding, and I had to go to a frat party and I was drinking, so my blood was already thin, and it was just a disaster. You're not gonna have that problem with Manscaped, guys. You will not nick yourself. I'm telling you, this lawnmower 2.0 is amazing, and it's a great gift for the holidays. Get 20% off right now with code DIRTY at manscaped, that's with a D, dot com. 
your balls will thank you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code D-I-R-T-Y at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-C-A-P-E-D.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code DIRTY. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. I think this is an amazing gift for a brother, a brother-in-law, uh, a dad, whatever you want. A, a boyfriend, a husband. Get you some Manscaped. And like Joe said, they have so much great stuff here. Like the, the Crop Reviver. Love it. It's going to be a Manscaped Ruther Christmas. Everybody's getting the Manscaped? I think so. I, I love it. Give it to my dad. Say, Dad, it's 2019. Shave your balls. He'll go, it's what? It's Manscaped. Uh, we got to discuss the Colin Kaepernick situation. So he held his tryout. Yep. And his workout. His workout, I should say. And there was a lot of, a lot of, I I, I don't, a lot of things happening around the workout that are already causing controversy. He was supposed to work out. For uh, supposedly, again, I do everything in air quotes, 25 teams at the Atlanta Falcons facility. I believe the workout was supposed to be run by Hugh Jackson and Joe Philbin. And this is where things start start to go haywire because the NFL says, and, and this is, guys, I'm just reading yeah. everything on the situation. I'm getting reports as they come in. By the way, before you go into this, I just want to say, guys, these are things that a lot of people are not talking about that we feel is very important on our show to talk about. Like, like, don't don't think this has nothing to do with like whether he's good enough to play. This whether is, he's yeah, not good enough. Thank to play. you. This has nothing to do with his skills on the field. There's a lot of we're going to take the same approach of like the whole shady situation going on in Tampa as we are with this. Uh, let's let's just say this again. You know. Every time we do this, I get into an argument with somebody about skills. I don't even want to I, talk about that right but, now. But but uh, like this is why I'm going to say this, and then we'll leave it. We'll leave it alone. I in arguing about everything that went on in this workout situation, we had a dirt ball come at me, and he actually you can go and see it, and and I wrote I I took a picture of it and I put it under. I even highlighted it because I wanted to make sure people saw he said it. He said. Brian Hoyer is better than Colin Kaepernick. So when it comes down to talking about whether or not Kaepernick is good enough to play in the league anymore, let's just agree on two things. One, morons are still out there arguing but I don't even want the to, Petermans and the Hoyers and the whatever. I don't even want to talk about that right. stuff. But two, everybody agrees. The scouts that watch it, the scouts that watch on film, he has plenty of talent to be in the league. What, so what, what, let's what, just set that aside and talk about why the workout went down the way it went. Well, down. if you're going to go, let me just read a couple of the quotes. And these are these are not from shady people. These are from the two most respected NFL reporters, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport. Adam Schefter tweets Saturday. This is after the workout. After Colin Collins, after today's workout in Atlanta, an NFL executive at Colin Kaepernick's throwing session said his arm talent is, in quotes, elite and is the same as when he came out of college. He said that Kaepernick threw the ball well. Again, this is Adam Schefter tweeting from an NFL executive. 
And then yesterday morning, Ian Rappaport tweeted a scouting report from evaluations following Colin Kaepernick's workout yesterday. And I'm just going to read these bullet points because I think, again, it's very important to just harp on his current abilities via NFL executives. It said there were 60 scripted throws, no runs, no agility work. He was in good shape, as we thought he'd be, and arm strength was definitely still there, and he had some real zip on the ball. But he had some accuracy issues on his deep balls, good enough to be on a roster, likely backup level. So again, this is from Ian Rappaport. This is from an NFL scout. Good enough to be on a roster, likely backup level. He adds, he was in good shape, and he has a fast ball. The velocity was real good. Accuracy and touch were inconsistent. On deep balls, he was ordinary. He can still run well. Essentially, average overall. The last two bullet points, good velocity. Accuracy and touch were average. Good showing. Thought he looked like he did when he was last on the field. So we have now two accounts, Joe, from both Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport from multiple NFL executives who are literally saying this isn't coming from two guys on a couch in Venice Beach. This is coming from NFL executives, scouts. He is good enough to be on the field. Right. And and even, well, when people want to point to things like average, at this point, when you look around the quarterback situation in the NFL, average will get it done. Right? There's a lot of situations where you can say these guys ain't playing average. The the Broncos situation has not been average this year. I agree. The Miami situation has not been average this year. Correct. Hoyer has not been average. Mason Rudolph has not been average. These guys are not average. These guys are and, – and by the way, if you want to argue the Hoyer and the Rudolphs and these guys, our backups, that's exact, exactly the point. Put yourself in a position where if your quarterback gets hurt, you have another option. Put yourself in a position where if your quarterback is Jameis Winston, you have another option. Put yourself in a position where if your quarterback isn't playing well, Mitchell Trubisky, you have another option. I am not saying Colin Kaepernick should be a starter right now in the NFL. He hasn't played in three years. Right. I don't think either of us are saying that. No, but guess what? Mason Rudolph shouldn't be a starter in the NFL right now, but he is. Brian Hoyer shouldn't have been a starter in the NFL last weekend, but he is. But That's what, the NFL. But what we are saying is that he was a backup. He is on par with a lot of these players, and that is being factually backed up by multiple NFL sources. He's younger than a lot of these players. He has more historical success than a lot of these players. He's in better shape. He's got better, he's got better arm strength. He's got better talent. He's faster. He's more athletic. Now I'm going to hop in here. And, and before you say your piece, I'm going to say my piece. Because I already know what the peanut gallery is saying right now as they listen to this. They're saying, but he brings media. And he brings that baggage. And nobody wants to deal with the drama. Guys, this is the reality. This is 2019. Every single player has Twitter, has Instagram, has you name it. Social media, right? Every single one of these guys are a tweet or an Instagram story. Or being captured on the sidelines saying something or something they do on the field. Moment away from being baggage. That is the truth. And what what's different is... Tim Darnold sees ghosts. 
Put it on the back page of both New York papers and ask him about it for three consecutive weeks. Exactly. So what's different is, that's why it's very disconcerting when I hear this from young people. Like when boomers say it, I get it because boomers aren't on social media. But when I see young people like this dirtball we're arguing with saying he brings too much baggage, guys, these are young players who grew up with social media. They're used to it. They're used to the questions. They're used to being in front of the camera because we all do it. We're all on Instagram. We're all on Twitter. We're all on Snapchat. That's my point. There was an entire HBO series devoted to the baggage that Antonio Brown brought to the Oakland Raiders this year. He got cut, and he immediately got signed by the Patriots. Immediately. Patriots, the no... The no baggage team. They're like, we don't give a shit. You're here to play. We're on to fucking Buffalo. So, so Tim again, Tebow, four times signed. The definition of mediocre quarterback, massive media circus follow him everywhere. Yeah. There is now a massive media circus that follows Tim Tebow through double A at bats. So this argument. Massive media circus. Signed four times. Four. So this argument. I'm not going to have it because it's just not true. This argument of he would bring too much baggage, and I will double down on that. He won, what was the name of the award? You probably don't know the name of the award. The last time he played for the 49ers, he won a very uh, heralded team award. Again, this is coming from his players, guys. From it, from, I'm sorry, from his teammates. I'm actually going to bring it up because it's important for this. Because I'm sick of people saying, oh, he is this and he's that. And this is what he won. The last time he played in the 49ers, Colin Kaepernick won the, what is it called? So he won this award called, he was the winner of the team's Len Eshmont Award which was voted on by his teammates for the player on the team, Joe, who best exemplifies the inspirational and courageous play of Len Eshmore, a former 49ers player. Guys, he won this award his last year on the team. And on quote, on record, Joe Staley, O-lineman for the 49ers, again, this is the last year Colin Kaepernick played, says, I feel the locker room is really close I don't feel that any division, I don't feel that any of that division people from the outside are saying at all. I wouldn't need to tell you if there was. I think any kind of division like that is pretty evident. I don't think that's going on at all. So you have one of Kaepernick's own teammates. But every argument about it, oh, look at his record that last year. Okay. Blaine Gabbert's still in the league. Blaine Gabbert, who... Was the starting quarterback for a variety of reasons. One, Colin Kaepernick was hurt during the preseason. Two, Chip Kelly, who's since out of the NFL for being an abomination of a head football coach, chose Gabbard over him. Gabbard got benched. Kaepernick started. Kaepernick took over and played 11 games that season, started the final 10. Blaine Gabbard's still in the league. So if you're going to talk about team success and how bad he was, there's 16 games. Chip Kelly, racist as he may be, turned the team over to Colin Kaepernick for 11 of the 16 games. Blaine Gabbert's still in the league. Colin Kaepernick isn't. Blaine Gabbert didn't play in a Super Bowl. Blaine Gabbert didn't play in an NFC Championship game. Blaine Gabbert is still in the league. The idea that he shouldn't be in the league is ridiculous. So, 
I just want to get all this stuff out there because, guys, these are the facts. So You know what's a media circus? Chicago right now because of their quarterback situation. They didn't – they took out Trubisky for a quote-unquote hip injury last night. Twitter exploded with him being benched. And that just reinf- – I'm glad you brought that up. That just reinforces my point, guys. This idea of a media circus, this isn't 1988. Everyone's on Twitter during the games. Look at the top 10 trends during games, during NFL Sunday, during Monday Night Football. It's football dominated. All right. So let's just remove this media circus. We're all our own media circuses because we're contributing to this on our iPhones. So enough of that. I don't, I don't want to hear that because that's just not an argument. It boils down to this, and then we're going to get to the legal matter because there's an interesting legal situation that occurred here. It boils down to this for me. The NFL executives, the owners, whoever it is, doesn't want to admit that they're wrong or doesn't even want to take a chance, which is foolish to me. Colin Kaepernick might suck. I'm going to go on record saying that. He might suck if he played. But we don't know, and that's my problem. We don't know. That'll never be answered because no one is willing to just say, hey, I got a bad situation going on with my team right now at quarterback. I'm going to take a chance. We don't know. So stop saying he sucks or he did suck. We don't know. We don't know how he's going to play. But you, you know what we do know? We do know Brian Hoyer laid a complete egg, which was a very costly loss for the Colts. We do know the Tampa Bay Bucks literally do not have a current backup situation. We do know the Bengals went Boy, from. Yeah, we do know the Bengals went from Andy Dalton to Ryan Finley. These are things we do know. So stop saying that he would suck if he was in, and take a chance. And that's where guys like Joe and me. I'm very annoyed by the situation at this point because. You literally have execs, which I just read, saying he's average. He has the ability. Well, and but also let's 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 not like when we talk about this, we have to talk about everything. Colin Kaepernick sued the NFL for collusion. A judge looked at his case, said it was valid, said that they were going to go to trial over it. A judge looked at his case, said he had a case for collusion. If a, a team has ever offered Colin Kaepernick uh, a, a contract of any kind and he turned it down. You have no collusion case. The league cannot collude against you if they made you an offer and you didn't accept it. The only reason Colin Kaepernick has a collusion case that a judge agreed to that the NFL ended up settling is because he has not had an offer. So if you believe it, there's a lot of fake news. I hate to use that phrase for all of the fucking MAGA supporters out there. A lot of fake news surrounding this situation. He was never offered a job with the Broncos. He never turned down a backup role because he said he wanted to be a starter. If he did, he has no collusion case. Yeah. And the NFL settled his collusion case. And then the NFL did something in this tryout, which on multiple levels was fucked up. One, who calls somebody and says you have two days to show up in Atlanta for a tryout? And, and, and yes or no? That's like that would never happen to you anywhere ever. Think about your job. Think about if you're a lawyer or an engineer or whatever, and somebody goes, "Here's the deal. You have to move to Atlanta for this job. You have to be there in two days. Take it or leave it. You'll sign a contract when you get there. We won't show you the contract in advance. You're like, oh, do I get housing, dude? You got two days. And you have two days to get there. You have two hours to sign it. Two hours. What but, am I signing, guys? It's un. 
unprecedented. I'm glad that Joe brings that up. It really is. This is unheard of. Think of any profession. Even, even, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Me as a teacher. How I got, how I got hired before I signed the contract was that the principal in Las Vegas, who I'd never, I'd never even been to Las Vegas, right, Joe? He calls me in St. Louis. I'd graduated about two months earlier. And he basically says, you know, we're pretty much interested in hiring you. Can you imagine if I had never been to Las Vegas? And he said, you have, you have two hours. Two hours to sign this contract. But what happened was I flew out there. I visited my school. I got acquainted with the city. He gave me a contract offer. And there was no timetable. It was sign it if you want to become a teacher. Don't sign it, obviously, if you don't. But I was never given this odd but, but the other thing is, the other thing is, everything about two hours in Atlanta closing, it's it's fishy. It doesn't add right? up. So then all Colin Kaepernick did is he showed up and he said, hey, I want transparency in this. This is fishy. I feel like you guys are trying to run this private workout. Say I sucked. Say 25 teams had the chance of signing me. No one's interested. That's that. That settled it. From now on, every time Brian Hoyer starts, no one tweets about me anymore. From now on, every time Tom Fa- Tom Savage starts or Brandon Wheaton gets signed, no one tweets about me anymore. This seems like it's a complete dog and pony show. How about this? How about I just also film it myself and I show people my arm is still elite. I show people I can still run. I show people that I'm still in shape. How about that? Absolutely not. If you do that, you're out. And he's like, what? What? Why Why would they have any problem with that? Why would they? Yeah. It, 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 doesn't, like, it doesn't add up. And then we get into the legal thing, which is really being swept under the rug by the majority of the media. The, the, this, this waiver form that he was asked to sign upon arrival I've read multiple articles on it. The The tweet that you have pulled up that I sent you is from a guy who was like one of the biggest lawyers in fucking Georgia. He's now in Florida. He's a gaming law and sports betting attorney founder. His name's Daniel Wallabach. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Wallach. Um, so he, he, he just, just hold on. Let me just give this guy's credentials. His name's Daniel Wallach. He tweeted this out. He's a gaming lawyer and sports betting attorney. He is also a legal analyst for The Athletic. So this guy's legit. So what what I've read on this so far is whenever any quarterback, let's say you're let's say you are Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals have the number 1 overall pick. Arizona wants you to come in, they want you to work out for them in Arizona. You sign a injury waiver that says if I tear my ACL during a non-contact throwing drill, they're not liable. They're not liable. They which, don't owe you anything. Which makes sense. Of course it does. They presented him with a second waiver that was so broad. And again, it has multiple things in here that you can't ever have a claim against the NFL for anything so ever. So basically, yeah. So this thing that Daniel Wallach tweeted out, again, as a lawyer. Well, read his tweet that went along with it first. He says, he says, Sunday edition of Commercial Law 101. If you're calling Kaepernick... Again, this guy doesn't work for Colin Kaepernick. He's also a white guy from the South. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Like, he says, Sunday edition of Commercial Law 101. If you're Colin Kaepernick, under no circumstances do you sign this release 
which could operate as a backdoor waiver of any future collision claims. Collusion claims. Sorry, collusion claims. Read paragraphs two and seven together, and you'll see the problem. This is paragraph seven. So this is paragraph two. Let's right. start with paragraph two. Player acknowledges that he has been made no promise of employment and understands that his participation in the workout does not constitute employment by any of the released parties as defined herein, but desires to participate in the workout voluntarily in order to be considered for possible future employment. Play the player further acknowledges that his participation in the workout does not guarantee that the player will be offered employment by any of the released parties at any time. So, so I want to break this down. Reasonable. Because it's it's also the NFL protecting themselves. Right. Right. By saying, yo, dude, if you're not signed, like you sign this. So we're not guaranteeing you employment. Of course. It's all it's saying. Right. And and it's this in conjunction with the the paragraph seven that he pulls that makes it ridiculous. And I'm gonna skip down because you shouldn't yeah. have to read all this. Uh the owner, operators, and managers of the facility, any and all individuals participating in in or present at the workout, including without limitation Joe Philbin, National Football League, each of its 32 NFL member clubs, each of the foregoing parties, respective direct and indirect affiliates, partners, subsidiaries, agents, representatives, employees, shareholders, officers, directors, attorneys, insurers, successors, and assigns from and against any and all claims, demands, actions, Causes of actions, suits, grievances, costs, losses, expenses, damages, injuries, illnesses, and losses, including death, caused by or arising out of, occurring, during, or related directly or indirectly to the workout, players' presence at the facility, and any medical treatment or services rendered in connection with or necessitated by players' participation in the workout. It's so broad, like this guy says, you're saying... Anything having to do with injury, not a, you can never have a claim, demand, action, cause of action, suit, or grievance against the NFL if you part if you sign this ever again regarding this workout, any workout, anything. You can never have another claim against the NFL if you sign this. So let me break it down in not. It I, says this workout yeah. or not this workout. Yes. Yeah, so so let me break it. Yeah. And obviously, this is this is some hardcore Andy, legal, legal you, jargon. Andy, you, you can come on this roller coaster, but we know you've had a a traumatic brain injury. Okay, so uh, just FYI, you have to sign this that says anything that happens to you on this roller coaster, we're not liable for. Also, it says anywhere ever for the rest of your life. <laughs> like what? So so basically, the argument. It's not really an argument. What the NFL was trying to do, and I'm so glad that this lawyer, Daniel Wallach, showed this, was the NFL was trying to get Colin Kaepernick to sign this to basically make the league exempt forever from any sort of legal repercussions from Kaepernick or his camp. So then the argument could be made that this entire quote-unquote dog and pony show that the NFL offered to put on was actually just trying to get him to sign these forms, which then would make them free of any sort of legal ramifications. 
That's why this whole shit is wild, guys. It's not even about can he play, can he play. It's almost like this this conspiracy now. It's not even a conspiracy. This truth is that the NFL was up to some shady shit. And luckily, Kaepernick has a good enough legal team and people behind him to see this. And then he went out and did the workout anyway. On his own. And let people film it. And let people film it. Let people stream it. Let people film it. Let people stream it. And now people go, he doesn't want to play. Let me ask you, Andy, because you were talking about this before. You're like, I'm not sure whether or not he wants to play. What's the end game here? I don't know. What's the end game for made a bunch of money from Nike, made a bunch of money in a settlement, certainly got a ton of press, certainly his foundation and his causes, selling the black jersey with the seven on it. He's done everything. There. Anything that Colin Kaepernick does the rest of his life is going to be well covered. This idea that this workout is for him to stay in the media. Dude, the guy can't take a shit without people saying he takes a shit better than Brian Hoyer. Okay? So, the like, what is the end game for going through a dog and pony show workout if you don't want to play? Well, all I said was this. But that's what everybody's saying. He doesn't want to play. I, hold on. Stephen I didn't say Smith that. Said I that. know. I didn't say that. What I said to you before the show was none of us know but Colin Kaepernick. I, and, I, and I believe that. I don't know if Colin Kaepernick really wants to play. But I also don't know if he doesn't want to play. So I don't like when I see the Stephen A. Smiths or whoever say he doesn't want to play. They don't know. None of us know. I'm, I'm going to stick to that. None of us know if he really wants to play or if this is some sort of weird PR stunt. But then again, the NFL is also doing a weird PR stunt. I don't know. But I do know this. From what I've read, from what we've just exposed, there was definitely shady stuff going on with the NFL wanting him to sign something. There was definitely a guy who did a workout and should be in the NFL. From a talent standpoint, it was just proven via all these scouts, these tweets from NFL insiders, he does have the ability to play. That is undeniable. This whole notion that he's a media circus, I've also, in my opinion, debunked. Because he's not. Because everybody's a media circus. Also, important to, once again, repeat, never been offered a contract. If he does, he wouldn't have had a collusion case. If he didn't have a collusion case case that he could win, the NFL wouldn't have settled. You're going, the corporations settle things all the time. They, were, they took Tom Brady through multiple levels of the court system. Tom Brady gave up. Tom Brady was on the verge of going to the Supreme Court to, to fight his Deflategate case. The NFL says, our lawyers are going all the way, buddy. You want to go? Go for it. Tom yeah. Brady gave up. The idea, and, and by the way, the reason Tom Brady gave up and the NFL gave up before one single round of trial, the NFL knew it had the text messages to the equipment guys. The NFL knew it had suspicious shit to Tom Brady, and they go, we don't need all the evidence. We just need a little bit of evidence. We can suspend you. You can't do shit because we have a little bit of evidence saying you did wrong. The reason they gave up on Colin Kaepernick, they were going to lose, and they didn't want the facts to come out. Facts. These are facts. And it's just, and to me, it's gross and and sort of despicable that people 
pick and choose what to hear. Stephen A. Smith picking and choosing aspects of this to report on and not report on is gross. And, and it is. And 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 people out there that want to believe, I'm I'm look at my latest mention. You just have to ignore those people. Trump trained twenty four seven. Cap doesn't want to play. I just wrote, okay, Trumper, as if you would ever have accepted a low-paying contract or spot as a backup. If he had been offered one, let's, he's got no collusion case. Let's stop with the assumptions. Let's just stop with them. And also, if you think Brian Hurd is better than Colin Kaepernick, kill yourself. Just throw that one in there, too. But that's why I just said, let's stop assuming that he doesn't want to play. Let's stop assuming that he does want to play. We don't know until he's given that chance. And that's the last piece I'm going to say, guys. It really is. We don't know. Because you're not giving somebody an opportunity who is clearly qualified. And and, that, and that, those are the facts. At the now, end of Andy, the day. let me ask you something. Last night, we were going to go live for the uh, Bears-Rams game. And YouTube failed. Why didn't you just go out on the street and call the Bears-Rams game for the people? What do you mean? This is what people are literally saying from Colin. Why don't you go play uh, Why don't you go play in the flag football league and show people what you can do? Why don't you go play in the uh, Canadian football league and see what you can do? Why don't, you go, why don't you just go run around? Why don't you go fucking do that thing? Oh, you want to play so bad? Go play. You wanted to call that game? You weren't willing to stand out on a soapbox with a megaphone and yell about medium pizza to the homeless people of Venice Beach because that's a disgrace. You are you are used to a certain level, and so you fucking didn't happen. You found another way to get out, broadcast. I mean, you're not just like, hey, let me just go talk about it. If you want to come over to my house, here's my address. You can come watch me work out the medium pizza bowl. It's like, and again, I go back to it again and again and again and again, Andy, and then we'll wrap this up. If every twist and turn for your argument, the he got a contract. No, he didn't. He isn't good enough. Yes, he is. The NFL gave him an opportunity. Well, it was a fucking scam. If you keep trying every door in this place to see which one is unlocked, look inside and ask, what is it about you and your and what you think about Colin Kaepernick as a person that you just think he should Absolutely not get an opportunity, even though guys that beat their wife get an opportunity, even though guys that swing their fucking helmets and people get an opportunity, even though guys that kill people as a drunk driver get an opportunity, guys who have been accused and found guilty of cheating get an opportunity. What is it about you that says this man who says black people should not get shot by cops doesn't deserve it? That's on you. Look in the mirror and ask yourself, what is it about you? People don't want to be wrong, man. I don't think that's what it is, Andy. <laughs> no, I think that's a huge part of it. It is. And you and I are also guilty of that, Joe. Come on, man. We are. We, we uh, As humans, we're all guilty. Who's wrong here about what? 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 Get, when does somebody get proven wrong? But that's my point, is that he doesn't... People, I think, don't want to give him the chance because they could be proven wrong. He proven might, wrong, wrong that what? That he has the ability to play. But the, the, here's the thing. This is the thing. At no point did he ever, ever look in the league that he didn't belong in some role. And if you believe that, again, look in the mirror and say, why am I watching trash quarterback play week in and week out? But I insist that Colin Kaepernick can't get it done. If you have convinced yourself, 
I watched Colin Kaepernick's last season. He does not have the ability to play in the NFL. I watched Tom Savage. He does. I watched Mike Glennon. He does. I watched Brandon Whedon. He does. You're seeing something that isn't real. Why are you seeing it? Well, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of biases that goes on in the human mind, and I think we all have them. And I think you know this whole issue of Colin Kaepernick has highlighted that, you know, because we're mixing socio-political issues that are, in a way, you know, polarizing people, and people get lost in all the bullshit, and they're not seeing something for what it is. And to me, this is what it is. Can someone play the game of football at the highest level in the National Football League? Can someone potentially help a team win? Can someone be a backup? And to me, that's all it is at the end of the day. And to not be given a chance and to not be given an opportunity, I think is bullshit. And there's a lot of factors in play here. And obviously, we've broken them all down. But at the end of the day, he has the ability. Why not give the guy a chance? And again, he might lay an egg, but we'll never know. Because... Nothing has been solved. The NFL's dog and pony show solved nothing. This last week, ultimately, has not solved anything. So here we are, back at the same point from four years ago. And that's not moving on. Like, that's not progressing. And it's the same bullshit. And it's sad. It's just sad. The whole situation, at the end of the day, to me, is sad. Anyway, is that is that NFL, Andy? Are we talking about any more games? Should we transition over to a guy who's very physically talented and a huge media circus that's been hated by coaches and players in his locker room and is getting his fifth opportunity in the NBA? Talking about Carmelo Anthony? Oh, wait. Wait. I thought media circuses and guys who are just physically talented enough and guys who are distractions in the locker room only get one chance in sports. I, what? Is Carmelo Anthony getting his fifth opportunity to ruin a locker room? Because he's physically gifted? I believe he is. Oh, wow. I am so confused. I was told media circuses don't get second chances, let alone fifth chances. I was told just because once you played at a high level and haven't played at a high level the last time you're out there, you don't get any more. I am confused. I'm confused, Andy. I'm confused. What is the move here? This is an interesting move. What is the move from Portland's angle? Because clearly nobody wanted to touch him. The move is injuries. The move is they're bad. This is a Hail Mary. And I'll tell you one thing. Players in the NBA believe... Carmelo Anthony is physically gifted still. And they're right. What they don't understand is that unlike Colin Kaepernick, who has never been offered a backup Let's role. Let's stop talking about Kaepernick. Hold on. I'm just saying. <laughs> unlike Colin Kaepernick, who has never been offered a backup role, Carmelo Anthony has been brought into multiple situations, asked to change his style and what he demands from playing time to suit a team, and has been unable to do it. He was benched for fourth quarters in Oklahoma City because he could not stop being a ball-hogging, contested, long-two shooting, offensive, 
disaster that plays no defense and refuses to rebound or hustle. He was brought into Houston. It didn't work. They got rid of him immediately. Everybody thinks we can change a guy. We can change a guy. We can change a guy. And Portland is desperate. They're 5-8. and eight. They're not a playoff team right now. They're 9-10-12th in the West. But they're only, you know, two games back of being 8th in the West. And they have injuries. And technically Carmelo Anthony is physically gifted. Carmelo Anthony... Maybe he's saying behind closed doors, I'm ready. I'm ready to come off the bench and play 14 minutes a game. He's not saying it publicly. He's not standing in front of a group of people saying, I have been working day in and day out. I want to be in the league. I will do whatever it takes to be in the league. Maybe he's saying it behind closed doors. It's a total Hail Mary for the, for the team. It's a horrific decision. I'm not against Carmelo Anthony getting a second chance. This is a fifth chance. Every single time I have predicted what was going to happen, I have been right. Well, again, people don't want to change, man. And he's got to change his game. you got to be able to accept that role coming off the bench. Be a guy that comes in just get some points off the bench. You have to realize that at this point in your career... You have to, people go, if you're telling me Jared Dudley can be in the league and Carmelo Anthony can't, this is the same thing that people do, again, in the football conversation we're having. No one's saying Jared Dudley is better than Carmelo Anthony, but Jared Dudley accepts his role. Is I will shoot spot up threes and I will defend my ass off. I yeah. will give you the effort and I will play within the system that you have built for me. Yeah. Exactly. Carmelo Anthony refuses to be a spot-up shooter. Yeah. He's actually a pretty good catch-and-shooter, but he refuses. He insists on getting the ball, pounding dribbles, playing a style that is long gone. He refuses at every single second of his NBA career to play defense. He half-asses it on the board. He doesn't hustle, and he demands the ball. And, and again, a crossover sports briefly, this is why the Patriot system works so well. You get a guy, you fit them into your system, and if they don't want to make your system work, you get rid of them. And, and that has basically been the Bill Belichick Patriot way of finding guys and finding cogs that fit into that system. And you're right. If, if Carmelo isn't willing to do the Jared Dudley type stuff or this, you know, the sixth or seventh guy off the bench, then you just don't have a place, dude. You're not and he's, 25. And, and he's shown consistently through his career, just because something is working for a team doesn't mean Carmelo Anthony won't try to disrupt that so that it suits Carmelo Anthony. Lynn Sanity was working. Mike D'Antoni, as the New York Knicks coach, was working. I will never, ever, 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 ever accept Carmelo Anthony as a legitimate player in the NBA ever again, simply because Mike D'Antoni left New York, went on to win another coach of the year, went on to get another guy an MVP, went on to lead another team deep in the playoffs with 
talent that was not up to par with other teams he was beating because of his system. Carmelo Anthony railroaded him, ran him out of New York, the best coach the New York Knicks had since Pat Riley, the best GM the Knicks have had maybe ever, ran them out of town because what they wanted to do didn't suit Carmelo Anthony. It suited winning. It suited turning around a franchise that was a dumpster fire from the bottom up. But it didn't suit Carmelo Anthony. And so they got to go. And then in Oklahoma, everybody's on Billy Donovan's desk. He got benched, bro. He got benched. He was over in fourth quarters in that playoff series. He went to Houston. Mike D'Antoni, goddamn better man than me. A fuck, there should be a St. D'Antoni. There should be a picture of that fucking beautiful, now shaven face up in the Vatican. He took Carmelo Anthony on the Rockets again. He was like, I don't know what I was thinking. This lasted 12 games. I, got, I, I was wrong. I'm a saint. I tried to allow it to happen again. Gone. Carmelo Anthony, I, I tweeted, and I stand by this. On any other given night, Miles Garrett whack a mole somebody with their helmet is the biggest sports story of the year. More r- ridiculous in the same night, an NBA team decided to give Carmelo Anthony a fifth opportunity. It's odd. It's it's not like it takes somebody like a Ray Allen, right? Who bounced around. Ray Allen was a fucking like everybody loves Ray Allen. But that's my point. When Ray Allen would go to a team in the latter years, he also knew his role. Like let's take when he got to Miami. I'm gonna come off the bench. I'm gonna hit some threes. That's what I'm in there for. I'm gonna play defense. I'm gonna play within the system. But and and honestly. In the in the Twitter world and the and the social media world, that's how Ray Allen's career is defined. People think Ray Allen three point shooter. Ray Allen was a boss, a fucking complete NBA player, and an all star, and a franchise player for the Bucks and the Sonics. He was dunking on people. He's amazing. He was defending the shit out of him. He, like Ray Allen is not just a shooter. That's what Ray Allen became as a veteran. But that's my point: is that Ray Allen's career changed and he adopted his career and his game to his team and what his team needed and that's the point about Melo and that's the point that Joe has always harped on about Carmelo all these idiot Melo stands they're just clueless you have to adopt your like like the LeBron James of the world just don't exist like LeBron's in his what 15th 16th season playing at this high level they just don't exist it just doesn't happen you have to adjust your game or your team starts to lose. Or you could be Kobe. I was and just you, I was or, just going to say that. And you could be like, I'm chasing career points. I was just going to say that. I'm chasing or career points for my entire career. That's it. Lakers have always been great. Now they'll be a dumpster fire while I do this. And then they'll go back to being great again. Even, Almost immediately after I leave. Even look at LeBron this year. Leading the league in assists. That's what I'm saying. And he said that going into the season. I keep bringing that back. He said this team runs through Anthony Davis. LeBron James, arguably the greatest player of all time, going into this season, had the humility, you got to give him that at least as far as basketball sense, to say, look, Anthony Davis is a a one-of-a-generation type player. We're going to run the team and the offense through him. And that's what LeBron's doing. But you know what the other thing with LeBron is? The other thing with LeBron is LeBron heard the criticism 
that people were saying about his game in the last couple of years. And he did every he orchestrated the ability to tackle just those issues. LeBron is trying to do too much. LeBron can and LeBron was saying to himself, I am trying to do too much. How do I possibly run an offense entirely by myself? I'm the only true scorer, but I'm also the only true passer. And defend 40 minutes a game. I can't. So if I want to be a guy who passes the ball and the offense runs through Anthony Davis, suddenly LeBron's not a washed defender anymore. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony has never once in his career heard the criticisms and adjusted his game to, to fit it. Ever. Ever. Especially when he was in his prime. Yeah. I have nothing else to add. Do you have anything else to add? No. I, I except that the Blazers were my Western Conference team forever because of my boy CJ, and now I'll be rooting for them to fail. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to a few more stories. We got to bring up the Tua injury. Very, very rough injury. I read a lot today. Um. It's not looking good for his career. I mean, it's that bad. Guys, like so. So he basically had the Bo Jackson injury of, of the dislocated hip. Hip. Right. And for I mean, there was like a detailed article that just came out on CBS Sports today that I read, as far as like detail with lots of medical stuff I didn't understand. And they had a, a doctor discussing, and a lot of stuff can't be leaked to the public yet because it's you know confidentiality agreement. It's not a good situation. This doctor said minimum 12 months. So you're talking, you know, is anybody going to take a chance on him in the NFL draft? It's just a, it's just a sad situation. I mean, when, when, the, when the hip gets dislocated like that, that's some serious shit. And from what I read, the artic- on the article that I read, the doctor said the... You never see this on the football field. He said the hip gets dislocated in high-impact car crashes. That's where you see something like this. So for this to happen to Tua, especially at his age, it's very rare. And and we— It's uh, very again, sad. You keep saying Bo Jackson. If people who are around or have ever seen the clip, Bo Jackson's injury never looked like, oh, my God, what ha-? like. It was it was a very sort of— He walked off the field. Yeah, it was a very sort of straightforward play— like there was, there was no big crazy hit. Um, it's it's just it's kind of like the definition of a freak injury, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, that sucks for him. Um, and hopefully, obviously, somebody does take a chance on him. Just gives him an opportunity, you know, to make a living playing football if if he's able to come back from it. Um, hopefully, he had some sort of insurance policy. I imagine he did. Um, and what, what I, as a college football guy, which I am not, where does this leave Alabama? Because obviously, well, they're screwed. He was a backup to Hertz. Hertz now gone. Tua came in. Uh, uh, is it just like next man up? Are they able to? Are they that talented? Where are the next well, the, they obviously they're they're hurting a lot because he was the majority of their offense. But the problem with Bama is Bama lost to LSU. Right. So. Bama's not going to win the SEC West. 
so they're not going to play in the title game. Right. Georgia has already made it to the SEC title game already. Right. They won right. the SEC East. So, um, basically, without playing in the title game, they're not as good as a team, which then hurts their votes. Does that make sense? So they're basically screwed. Because if you're looking right now, if things play out the way they should, your top four teams are going to be in no particular order. LSU. Clemson, Ohio State. Clemson, Ohio State. Maybe a Georgia. Maybe an Oregon. Maybe a Utah. Alabama's kind of not in the mix anymore. There's basically odd man out. Right. So... The whole situation stinks. And the fact that it was at the end of the game and he was playing, you know, to get some they don't have much two minute they didn't have much two minute drill practice. I mean, it sucks. It was a, it was a brutal injury. I, mean, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I mean, I've dislocated my shoulder. Big deal. Like that yeah. that doesn't feel good. That popping out of the socket. I've dislocated that three times. I just did a show on Saturday with Chris Fairbanks, a uh, hilarious comedian who's uh, truly one of my favorites. And uh, he just had hip surgery recently and was talking about it and like basically said, they pull your leg off. They pull your leg off. Wild. Yeah. Like they separate your leg from your hip and then they, you know, put metal in and He's just like the the idea that your leg comes off. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, like you said, somebody takes a chance, drafts him. He can rehab one or two years, see where he's at. Because, again, just give the guy a chance. Just saying. Uh, Joe, you are— Is he going to accept less than $20 million and being the starter? You're— uh, you're you're a big music guy, right? I am. I love music. Did you ever play an instrument growing up? Uh, not growing up. I played uh, guitar in college because there was a one credit guitar class, and uh, I learned to play uh, the opening of Redemption song. I can play Free Fallen. <laughs> I can play. Uh, what if What if there was an app that could help you pick up a guitar and could help guide you? I would love that. Is there an app? There is. Really? It's called Musician. Wow. It's Musician. Spelled Y O U. S I C I A N. Like musician, but you yeah. musician. You've played Guitar Hero, right? I have. So it's like Guitar Hero, but with real instruments. Like what instruments? Like you can play various types of instruments guitar, drums, flute, you piano. Name it. Piano. Wow. You name it. I've so, always wanted to play the piano. So basically, this app will help teach you. You download the app and you use it while you play the music. The, the music and all, I'm sorry, the, the instrument. And also, you could use it for singing. I have a terrible voice. I got a D in chorus. You got a D in chorus. You know how you know how bad you have to get singing. You get a D in chorus. Well, we are working with musician now at Dirty Sports, and I have a great offer for you, Joe. You can go to musician.com forward slash dirty to start their free trial today. So if you've been wanting to learn an instrument or simply want some help getting back to playing, check out Musician. Once again, you get... Wait, is it, did you say it's free? Yeah, you get an extended 14-day free trial wow. of their premium plus package at musician.com 
forward slash dirty. That's unlimited lessons and unlimited songs on as many instruments, so you're not wow. limited to one, as you want for two whole weeks. So just go to musician.com forward slash dirty to start your free trial today. That's Y-O-U-S-I-C-I-A-N.com forward slash dirty. I'll tell you what, Andy. I'm not uh, I'm not signing up today, but I am going to be in New York in a couple weeks. I have a guitar there. I'm going to bring it back with me. And the second I land back in Los Angeles, I'm getting my 14-day free trial on Musician. Get my guitar game going again. Why would you not do this? It's free. It's free. Musician.com forward slash dirty. And I'll tell you what, maybe we'll start a band. You'll I'd, be... I'd rather not. <laughs> more, I've always been more of a solo, solo artist. No chill in the dirties. <laughs> What's Aaron playing? Drums? Yeah. Aaron looks like Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> Especially with that hat on last night. Oh, Aaron, your bag of Doritos is waiting here for you. Uh, and our NFL major league baseball. Yep. Hall of fame. It's the ballot came out today. The ballot came out today. Obviously the, uh, the headliner, Derek Jeter, who I'm sure will get in with a hundred percent of the vote, even though well, we all know how I feel about Derek Jeter. Um, Derek Jeter, by the way, a sure thing, hall of famer. Um, if I had to vote, I wouldn't vote for him solely so that he didn't have a hundred percent of the vote because no one's ever, I mean, did, did Mariano get 100%? I don't even think he got 100%. He did. He did get 100%. Well, that was appropriate. Um, can you pull up the the full ballot, Andy? Because I'll, I'll quickly go through it. I think we're probably going to end up doing a uh, Dirty Slides where we... Here it is. Where we can go, you see that? Yep, yep. Where we go deep into this. But I will give you my... Uh, I'll just give you my gut reaction to a lot of these. Bobby Abreu, No. Josh Beckett, no. Heath Bell, no. Barry Bonds, yes. Eric Chavez, no. Roger Clemens, no, because I think Roger Clemens was great even pre-steroids. But pitcher, you need longevity. I don't feel like he has the longevity without steroids. Adam Dunn, no. Chone Figgins, kind of hilarious that he's on the list. Isn't it Sean? Sean, Chone, Sean Figgins. You Either way. You went Ruther there. Get, getting figgy with it. I can't even believe, <laughs> I can't even believe he's on the 2020 2020- Baseball Hall of Fame. Jason Jambi, no. Helton, you, no. You forget Rafael Furcal. No. Uh, Ibanez, no. Derek Jeter, yes. Andrew Jones, no. Jeff Kent, close but no. Canerico, no. Cliff Lee, no. Carlos Pena, again, put him in the Sean Figgins, Sean Figgins, uh, why is he here? Maybe if he had played for the Astros for his whole career and always knew the signs. Brad Penny, no. Andy Pettit, I'll go deeper. I'm saying no. Putts, no. Manny Ramirez, yes. I'll go deeper, but gut reaction, yes. Roberts, no. Scott Rowland, at first glance, you would say no, but I feel like he's a yes. Schilling. Yeah, you got to yes. give it to Schilling. Sheffield, yes. Soriano, no. Sosa, no. Valverde, no. Vizquel, I'm a Vizquel guy, yes. Billy Wagner, I believe if you look deep, he's a yes. My gut reaction is no, but I... I know I've seen a lot of people break down. And Larry Walker, fine, Bo Blaha. You've twisted my arm significantly. Don't break it. I'll give him a yes. Omar Vizquel, a guy that a lot of people are going to say no. I think Omar Vizquel is, um, you know, just defensively, like, there's something about defensive metrics that I don't think capture everything. And I think Omar Vizquel, uh, as a hitter late in his career, I, I just think you cannot – on the eye test, 
Look at a guy like Omar Vizquel, how he was able to handle the bat, how he was able to play defense for there and not say, wow, this guy, like, he was just so good for so long and defensively so fucking incredible. I'm a Vizquel guy. I'm a Vizquel truther. Well, let's pull up Scott Rowland. He's an interesting one, I feel, right? Yeah. So I got his stats here. So, I mean, what are we making of Rowland? 316 homers, 281 batting average. It's it's defense, 70.2 war. Um, I, you know, his defense was so good. Again, I feel like I feel like he's a no for me at first glance, but then also I think if you like put him up against other guys, like again, I think somebody did this this year. Him and Derek Jeter's numbers are like he he's I think he crushes Jeter. In what regard? In in war and again this was no, I bet you there are close I bet Jeter I bet Jeter's war is eighty. Let's do this because I remember the tweet. Olin. Let's see here. Oh, of course, all these are coming up now. Because all right, well, let me well let me do this. Let me pull up. Uh, I'll pull up Jeter's stats right here. Actually, man, you are right. They're very close. So War rolling is seventy point four. I have it right here. Jeter is seventy two point four. Right. Jeter crushes him in hits. Home runs. Rolling has him beat by about 80 batting average Jeter has him by about 40 points okay so here is it Scott Rowland career war like by the way roar, roar war across different things like the number changes slightly but they're always pretty much in the same thing war which is a total number that's a number that continues to go up as you play provided that you're not costing yourself war Derek Jeter, 71.7 career war. This is on this list. Wait, it's 72.4 here. Okay, right. I'm saying it'll, it, it'll adjust slightly from, but 71.7 war in 12,600 career plate appearances. Scott Rowland, 70.1 career war in 8,518. So he has 65% of the plate appearances and nearly an identical war. Now, the... Hall of Fame is about longevity, but again, you're you're talking about the longevity isn't really helping Jeter in this argument. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like my my thing with Roland is, if Jeter's a hundred percent balloter, then Roland's in. If Jeter's a sixty percent balloter, okay. The three thousand hits are a big difference. the The World Series, the being part of whatever, okay, big difference. Okay. But if Jeter's 100%, how is a guy that's got almost an identical career war not in? If he's 100 95%, 98% of the ballot. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I see your point. And that's a valid point. It makes sense. Like, neither of us are, you know, are, are professional models, right? I'm not. Right. But if... But I should. But be. if I would. But if somebody came in and told you I am a f- world famous supermodel, you'd be like, I should at least be getting like some fucking magazine ads, right? Yeah. Like, man, musicians, models, the sky's the limit for dirty sports. Yeah. So that's my. Uh, Did you say Man Ram? I forget. What'd you say for Manny Ramirez? I say yes. We'll have to do a deep again. We're gonna and, we'll, we'll and dive it, deep on the dirty on the dirty slides podcast, going into a little bit more statistics because also perception is reality. I know a lot of these guys. 
people go, oh, here's why, here's why, here's why. Like the perception of these guys is important too. And I think it's not everything. You've got to look a little bit deeper. That's why Derek Jeter shouldn't be on 100% of ballots. But, you know, there's also your, like what you did as part of the game. To me, Manny Ramirez was one of the best hitters in baseball for a number of years. From the Indians to the Sox, straight to the Dodgers. I mean, basically, the the tail end, you know, of his growing up years on the Indians, he was one of the most feared hitters. He, you know, he's he's the three hitter on a team that goes to the ALCS and damn near the World Series. The Red Sox, he's part of the curse breaker. He's he's more so the meat of that batting order than Ortiz. I know Ortiz was like Mr. Clutch or whatever, but like Manny Ramirez putting up better numbers year in and year out. And then the Dodgers, he goes and he's an MVP candidate. And steroids are a whole thing. But like, and more again, importantly, what what is it about steroids? You know, when were the steroids a thing? And more importantly, the dreads. Yeah. I miss the days when you can go to Dodger Stadium and you could buy cultural dre- appropriation hair. You think they would sell those nowadays? No. You think that much has changed? Yep. That's kind of interesting. So for people who don't know what I'm talking about, Dodger Stadium used to sell. My buddy bought them. You could buy it connected to a Dodger Scully, his dreads. Yeah. And people would wear them. Yeah. Canceled. So that was 2010 when we got those. Yeah. You don't think they'd be selling those now? No. I just think there's too many people who would be like, you can't do that anymore. And be like, well, really is, it? and they'd be like, just trust me. Better but again, safe than sorry. again, it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not mocking him. It's saying, I, pr- I love Manny. I'm wearing the dreads. Yeah, I want to be like Manny. That's where, that's where the cultural appropriation is so flawed in logic, right? It's like, hey, again, that's not blackface. That's a whole different situation. But it's like, hey, I'm dressing like this. Because I revere this athlete right. or this musician. Right. I mean, I told you, I was a little concerned when I went to the Hammer concert about that. Me dressed like Hammer. Yeah. People were going to say it's cultural appropriation. It's like, no, I fucking loved Hammer. Still do, baby. I'm too legit to quit. <laughs> but too I, legit to quit loving Hammer. But I am going to quit this show uh, today, right now, because we are done, Joe Prano. That's it. It's a wrap. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Give us a subscription. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a subscription. Subscribe to us on YouTube. iTunes reviews. Leave them. Drop your Twitter or Instagram handle and I will send you koozies. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Ruther. At Joe Prano on Instagram. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. I've got some shows coming up. I, uh, tomorrow night I'll be at Flappers in Burbank doing a long set there. Would love to have you. Please slide into my DMs on any of the social media if you want $5 tickets. Um, again, would love to have you. It's a, it'll be a big show, and and the more support I could have there, the better. Uh, Tahoe all weekend with headliner Francisco Ramos. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two shows Saturday, Sunday. If you're in the Tahoe, Reno, Sacramento, anywhere that – Northern-ish California, Central-ish California area. You should come. It's my one of my favorite shows of the year. Then to New York, the day before Thanksgiving, Lucy's Laugh Lounge in Pleasantville. Please come if you're in that area. I'm headlining. It's the night before Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year, Thanksgiving and the pre-Thanksgiving party uh, in New Jersey the night after Thanksgiving, bouncing around New York for a few days, doing shows at the stand and elsewhere. So go to JoePrano.com and check out my shows. All right, guys. That's the show. Have a great week. 
Thanks to everybody on YouTube. Thanks to Bresler. Quick shout out. Gave a little donation. A little donation. Uh, have a great week. And most importantly, stay dirty.